shoot, 20 years ago, basically now, um, time flies, right? So mm-hmm. I did about a year and a half installing, had no clue sort of why, or it, it kind of was one of those confusing parts of my journey because I was trying to get into business and run businesses and do business and all that. And so to be installing, it felt strange for me at the time and I really wrestled through it, but man, it has been the best thing for me. Um, I went through, did some business stuff, uh, got an MBA, ended up actually buying a denim line. Welcome to the Real Construction Owners Podcast, where we interview real construction owners of multi-million dollar construction companies, as well as the service providers who help us succeed. Today, we have Ryan Shantz, owner of Sumo Quote. He also has his own construction company, Epic Roofers. It's crushing it. He's out of Calgary, Canada. Welcome, Ryan. How are you doing today, buddy? Justin, good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome to have you on the podcast. I've seen you from a distance. I've learned a little bit about you. I see that your company is crushing it as a contractor, but you also have a specialty software that helps contractors succeed at a high level. And we're going to dive into some of the stories of your salesman and how to use that. But before we do that, walk us through memory lane. What's your background prior to getting into construction and how'd you find this industry? Yeah, so I actually did some construction. I was uh, I was on the tools uh, installing shingles back, shoot, 20 years ago, basically now. Um, time flies, right? So mm-hmm. I did about a year and a half installing. Had no clue sort of why, or it, it kind of was one of those confusing parts of my journey because I was trying to get into business and run businesses and do business and all that. And so to be installing, it felt strange for me at the time. And I really wrestled through it, but man, it has been the best thing for me. Um, I went through, did some business stuff, uh, got an MBA, ended up actually buying a denim line, a blue jeans company out there. And so ran that for a couple of years. We manufactured in India, we sold all throughout North America. Um, but the interesting part there was it really taught me how to help a company stand out in a crowded marketplace. Right. So now with roofing company, so I went from that to, you know, running a roofing company with my partners. Um, And the challenge there was, you know, we were a big roofing company in our province up in Canada here. Uh, We're actually the largest residential roofing company. Uh, We were last year, we did about $40 million uh, in sales. And so, um, but we were trying to figure out how do we stand out from the competition? And, and that was something we, you know, really my my time in the fashion industry where you're essentially selling a commodity, everything's kind of the same, all the t-shirts and everything else, but you got to figure out how to have a brand and stand out. And so, you know, I took some of that experience uh, in the fashion industry, applied it to the roofing industry, obviously had some of that roofing background. And then we actually ended up building some technology around it, which has helped a lot of contractors out there stand out as well with a company called Sumo Quote. So yeah, that's kind of the, the quick journey of how I went through a uh, uh, a way that people don't typically go in getting into technology, right? Of starting in fashion, going to construction, and then actually winding up in technology where I am today. That's interesting that you went that route because it's uh, it's a brutal, I've heard. I've heard it's very difficult, the fashion, the jeans, the clothing industry. And 
you know, everything's a lesson in life. And it seems like you took those practices, those successes, and you applied them into your company. I mean, you're crushing it. You're doing $40 million a year. Talk to us, like what, what, what techniques, top two or three techniques did you learn that you implemented into your construction company that helped your construction company stand out? Well, and the first thing I'll touch on there is it's not just me. I've got six partners. And so there's seven of us that do it. And typically when I say that, that's it's a bit mind-bending for a lot of people because it's hard enough to have one partner a lot of time, let alone six. And the thing I'll say there is, you know, we don't always agree on everything, but I couldn't ask for a group of guys that have a higher level of integrity than the ones I've been fortunate enough to partner with. And so because we kind of start from that foundation of, I always trust them entirely and they're always trying to make the best decisions for the company. Um, that has felt very rare. We've been very fortunate and very intentional in building that. So that has allowed us really to have specialists in, you know, our CFO came from a $200 million company. And now we've got a very high level CFO that's working with us and one of our partners as well. Right. And, and the general manager of our commercial division and our production manager. And, and so we've got all of these really key specialists that because we're partners, we've been able to scale a lot faster through that. So that's been a big unique there for sure. And then um, the other part, you know, that side that I get really excited about is, man, how do you stand out in a crowded marketplace, right? In Calgary here, there's about a hundred residential roofing contractors. Um, and we're all selling the same five brands of shingles or siding or whatever it is like, you've got to really be intentional about standing out and differentiating yourself. And so, you know, we focused heavily on that and heavily on cu the customer experience that they're going to get with us. Um, and I think that's been a real key element to uh, homeowners seeing something different with us very early on in the process. And uh, yeah, and us being fortunate, being able to scale our company. That's impressive. You know, we I'd like to dive a little further on how you've been intentional on standing out, because, yes, it sounds like you have great uh, ownership and leadership at the top, but there's something that you are doing that's making you stand out. What would you say that is? Well, I don't want to make this sort of a, a big plug and show on Sumo Quote, right? Sumo Quote is how we've sort of put it that all together technically. Um, but the underlying concepts there is uh, there's a there's a book out there by Donald Miller called Building a Story Brand, and he does a really good job of tying this stuff together, right? And so the basic premise is, you know, homeowners, people you're selling to, whether they're building owners or homeowners, whoever they are, honestly, they don't care about you, you as a company. They They really don't, right? They care about themselves at the end of the day. And so what you need to do is you really need to think about that homeowner experience and that journey and how to make the homeowner the hero of the story. Um, Don Miller talks about, hey, there's really only six types of stories out there, right? And that's why you've got, uh, you've got a movie like Star Wars that is essentially the same movie as Tommy Boy. And that's a bit of an odd one because those feel very, very different, right? But mm -hmm. what you've got is you've got a hero and it doesn't matter if it's Luke Skywalker or you know, Tommy boy in this, or Chris Farley in this case, right? Mm -hmm. And they've got a problem and, you know, it doesn't matter if it's, they don't understand the powers of the force and they've got to overcome the empire or they've been left with the business and they're goofball and don't know what to do. And then they meet a guide, again, Yoda, you know, uh, David Spade, 
that gives them a process and you know calls them to action and goes through this and and so you've got these these challenges of what's going on but essentially the the one lesson learned there is the hero of the story we oftentimes as a contractor think is us and really it isn't we're the guide the hero of the story needs to be the homeowner and we need to make the story about them and we need to make them feel like this is about them because they matter to themselves uh, at the end of the day, your business doesn't matter to the homeowner. And so you've got to be thinking about these ways to to weave the homeowner into the story about themselves. And then you come alongside as the guide and and call them to action and work with them through that. So some really, he's got some very general, solid business teachings through that stuff. But he does a really nice way of unpacking some of that thinking through talking about story and movies uh, with that. That's awesome. I actually, I've, I've listened to the audiobook and you brought back a lot of like clutch memories from that audiobook. And I remember listening to it and implementing the hero guide methodology into my marketing. And I noticed a substantial increase influx of new leads from using the tactics that we learned from uh, building a story brand, like you just mentioned. And so it sounds like you're using that in your marketing heavily. Absolutely. Well, and and the premise of Sumo Quote and what it is, and I mean, just little things of why do we put the customer's house on the cover? Because this is a story about them, right? I know your side on the government contract side, you've got to figure out, well, what are the pains that these government officials are feeling and how do you connect with those and go through that? But I mean, it's, it's about them, right? You're coaching and guiding and leading on that stuff. And so... There's all sorts of expertise you can bring with that. Um, but again, the fundamental underlying root is you've got to be thinking about it from your customer's shoes at the end of the day. And a lot of contractors, that's that's new information for them. They, they aren't fundamentally putting their customer first and their customer's pains first as much as they probably could be uh, in getting ahead and differentiating themselves out there. Awesome. I love that. Now, let's dive into Sumo Quote. What is it? How has it helped your business? And how is it helping contractors? Yeah, Sumo Quote, I mean, really at its base, it's a proposal tool. It's a sales tool. And so everybody's building quotes out there. And it doesn't matter if it's Word, Excel, or some generic CRM. Um, and at the end of the day, homeowners, they're really comparing those quotes. I mean, we, we want it to be comparing the salesperson, which is why we invest in all the sales training and everything else out there. And it does. That has an impact 100%, right? But when the yeah. homeowner's sitting there trying to make that decision, they got three things in front of them. And if all of the quotes look the same, well, really the only thing you've truly given them to compare you on is price. And nobody wants to just be the bottom dollar. And so what we found was if we can create something that is almost a quote slash brochure, it looks amazing, it stands out, it creates a narrative and tells a story. And then it's got obviously all that stuff baked in there, right? Uh, you know, being able to offer good, better, best and financing right in there and upgrade options and highlighting, you know, client testimonials or reviews on your company. And we put it together in this beautiful package that you can build fast. That's what Sumo Quote does. And that's why contractors that use it see their closing rates increase and their margins increase and their upgrade sales increase and, and kind of all of that happens together. Um, so yeah, at its core, Sumo Quote is really just a proposal tool and it does a pile of other things but the the core functionality but we do it in a way that really captures a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about with story brand and 
and how to connect with the homeowner and really stand out to them at the end of the day and win more work. That's impressive. So it basically it's a, it's a brochure slash quote that's unique and differentiation differentiate your company compared to the other two quotes that the homeowner is reviewing. It shows the good, better, best, which is phenomenal for um, increasing your sale transaction size. And is that something that like a sales rep just has from their, their admin does it or do they do it on their iPad? Um, and is it something that you can just input into your CRM if, you know, for Ridgevent, for, for solar event, like to help us understand how that works. Yes. So it does do all of that stuff. Um, so you can do use it on the iPad. You can use it at your desk. You can have somebody building it for you. Um, I come from the roofing side, so I often give roofing examples, right? So, you know, we do integrate with you know, job Nimbus and job progress and company cam and QuickBooks and a pile of tools out there, Eagle view. Um, but essentially we could create this beautiful looking standout quote custom for the homeowner by, you know, in, in two minutes, three minutes, like it's very, very fast because of how we've got a lot of these automations and built in calculations and stuff. So for example, um, you know, you you open it up a project, you get your Eagle View report directly through Sumo Quote, you download it through Sumo Quote in, you hit a button, it drops in all the measurements, you've already got pre-built calculations just like Excel, and it essentially pre, you know, builds out this pre-populated good, better, best, um, with financing options and e-signing and all this stuff. So it's it does a very thorough job. It's very detailed. It helps you scale your team quickly because they don't have to learn all these calculations, how to do this stuff. They just have to hit a button to drop the Eagle View in there and it just calculates everything itself. Um, and that's the, like, to me, that's not the the sexy stuff. That's not the fun stuff with Sumo Quote. Um, so it's, it's very operational and it's very scalable. But to me, um, I love getting into the side of, um, you know, for example, I think the company out there that is the most thoughtful on a sales experience is probably Amazon, right? Yeah, right, right. They they make the customer experience like seamless and easy. And that's why they're just dominating their, their niche. They've got the most thoughtful stuff included in there. And when you really dig in on there, and I've done this in a lot of my presentations when I'm speaking to crowds and stuff like that, where I'll put a page on the screen in front and I'll say, well, hey, what do you see here? Like, what are the components of a buying experience that you engage with when you're looking at this page? And people start yelling out like, oh, it's the pictures. I always look through the pictures. Oh, it's the reviews, right? I make sure I look at the reviews ahead of time. And hey, I want to see how fast it can be delivered. And, and you know, that instant gratification. And, and, you know, as you scroll through and down the page, there's different things that they do to reinforce, to explain the product, to reinforce it, to use layman's terms. And then I sort of take them through, uh, well, it's those components that make a tool like Sumo Code so effective, right? So have those different pricing options, have the financing options, have a page sharing different, you know, customer testimonials, the reviews stuff, have a page in there so people can see that stuff and understand it. Let them see the product, use marketing pages from manufacturers that you know and trust and just weave those marketing pages in and you end up creating an Amazon almost type experience un recognizing that they've really been best in class and the most thoughtful on understanding customers and how they think about a buying experience. And now we're just taking all of those components 
and use and creating using sumo code to create those um, in order to connect with a homeowner in a buying type experience that's more modern and more like what they're used to purchasing in their day-to-day -day life out there. Um, that's impressive. So you're basically, <laughs> the Amazon's already done all the hard work. You've just modeled your quoting presentation package based off what Amazon's already programmed our customers to see. I, absolutely, right? And, and if you think about it, it's like, it's almost like we're the last industry to catch up with this. Right. Yeah, Banking. it's real slow. It's archaic. It, it takes forever to get the estimate. That's interesting. Go on. Well, yeah. Banking. When was the last time you were in a bank? Right. Like I just use my app. If somebody ever sends me a paper check anymore, I just take a picture of it. And it's everything's done virtually. Right. Like um, grocery stores. I've got three young boys. Dude, what a nightmare. I'm not dragging them through a grocery store. Are you insane? Like, that's crazy. I can just go online, punch it in. Or really, you know, our our family, my wife's punching it and I'm driving by. They walk it out, drop the groceries in my in my vehicle, and I drive away. Like you've got all these industries that are that are forward thinking and are leading in the process of where sales and customer experience is going. And so we end up, and that's you know, again, Sumo Code helps with this stuff, but Epic Roofing kind of where it all started. We really focused heavily on the customer and that customer experience. We end up building a tool that worked, you know, in a very crude way and homeowners loved. And we saw all of our numbers moving. And then that's why we got into Sumo Code. But fundamentally at its core, it's how do we think about the customer? How do we create a unique experience? How do we how do we engage with them in something more interesting than just throwing a piece of paper down and hoping that our salesperson says the right stuff? Right. How has it helped your salespeople? Like, what are some results that some of your salespeople have had in terms of what they've been able to sell and what what has it done for increases of upsells for your business? Yeah. Um, so we have the good fortune of being in a region here uh, that gets hail. And so for roofing contractors specifically, that's gold, right? Um, that's leads falling from the sky. And so we had a, a really good hailstorm in Calgary here in 2020. And then we had another one in 2021, nothing in 2022 yet, fingers crossed. But, um, but because we had a couple of good back-to-back -back years um, and because we've really leveraged technology in a very aggressive way, we had two of our salespeople last year, each sell over $8 million. And the roofing industry, you talk about million dollar producers, maybe a $2 million producer if they're crushing it. We had two guys each sell over 8 million and that's no multifamily in there. It's not like they're getting million, $2 million deals. The biggest job is a $70,000 job. They are just crushing sales and connecting with homeowners and giving them easy ways to sign. And it, the numbers like, and those numbers are a bit astounding. That's not normal for us. Again, it's we we had two very good years of big storms hit us. And so we're capitalizing a lot of that, but we know how to capitalize on it. And our guys are highly efficient at standing out, creating a great customer experience, making it easy to sign. And then the other one was you asked about upgrades. Um, mm -hmm. In Sumo Quote this year, I know I looked at it the other day, but the average contractor is seeing $2,078 worth of upgrades selected. And this is something that's just the easiest thing in the world. Just put the upgrades in there. Homeowners will check the box. I, I love this one homeowner. We used to, before we had good, better, best, um, you know, with our prototype, we just had a single quote and then we would list 
oh, do you want to upgrade to a class three shingle or a class four shingle or, you know, and then you can get high profile ridge cap and ridge venting, whatever else. And we would list that stuff as upgrades. Well, we had one homeowner go through and check off every single upgrade. And we had to go back to them and be like, no, 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 we can't install a class three shingle and a class four shingle. <laughs> and they're like, oh, sorry about that. I just really wanted a really good roofing system. So I just checked off everything. And we're like, great. Yeah, we appreciate that. We, you, you know, <laughs> It, it'll actually the job's going to cost three thousand dollars less because we can't install you know that one as well right like it's yeah but it's like it just goes to show if you list it you will have homeowners that just check the box because it's like yeah i want a good product like what's this extra stuff you just need to put it in front of them and you don't even need to sell them on it they'll just they'll sell themselves on it just put it in front of them Impressive. So it's increased your average order over two plus thousand dollars. Now I'm curious about the process. You have a guy crushing it, two guys selling eight plus million dollars. A lead comes in through, you know, however advertising it comes in and I'm this eight million dollar producer. Tell us the audience, what is that guy doing when the lead comes in? Does he go to their house? Does he pull, does he just do it all through a zoom call with the homeowner? Uh, walk us through that process. Okay, and, and I'm glad you asked that because when I say $8 million, it sounds unrealistic because to a degree it is, right? Um, this is what we do. We build mini teams. And so we'll get the lead, it's all inbound. So we've invested heavily in SEO and, and brand and, and uh, pay-per-click. And, and so it's all inbound. And we've been in you know, business for 20 years. So we've got a brand that, you know, that's known in our community. Um, so we get inbound leads. When we are busy, crazy with a hailstorm like that, we will train our gutter installers, our metal installers, because they're already trained in safety at heights. We will train them how to document a property. When we're going through and things get nuts with production and everything else, gutters are the last thing we'll do. We'll do roofing, then siding, and then eventually we'll do gutters at the end of the job. So they're the last crews that get really insanely busy with stuff. So we'll take them, we'll train them. Here's, you know, go knock on the door. You know, the homeowners already asked for a quote, introduce yourself and that you're going to be there. Give them this marketing materials. Now go through photos of the outside of the house, uh, a beautiful photo of the front of the house, because that's going to go on the cover of the report. And then photos of all around the house, documenting siding damages, downspout damages, everything else. When you go to the top of the ladder, here's the four photos you take. You know, what's the roof pitch? Is there drip edge? you know, what kind of underlayment or what's the metal color there? And then what's a soffit measurement? So we've got that, right? And then when you go to the top, so anyways, we train them step-by-step step on how to document property. We then order an Eagle View so that we've got all the measurements on things. We then hire business students in the summer when we're crazy from the local university, we train them in Xactimate and Sumo Code. And they build everything out in Xactimate and Sumo Code. And then finally, our closers come in and they're the ones that are getting credit essentially for this $8 million. And they work with the adjusters and they work with the homeowners in order to close all of these deals. And so the, the things there is we don't like to hire and fire, right? We don't want to try and hire a bunch of people because suddenly we've got a storm and hopefully they do a good job. Instead, we'll, we'll specialize everything and use more of an assembly line. So our gutter installers that are already employees they go out and document everything and photograph everything and we use company cam. And then our university students that we can hire on in the summers at very, very reasonable rates. 
And then they go back to school in the falls after we've captured a lot of this stuff and they've built a ton of this stuff. We build a bit of a mini team that we can scale up and scale down. Um, in a slow year, our closers, they know how to climb roofs, they know how to document properties, they know how to write estimates, they know how to do all this stuff. So in a slow year, we just don't scale you know, these other areas as much. And in a crazy year, we scale this stuff up fast, but we've got managed costs and we were very intentional about how we do it. So yeah, it's a very different process than what a lot of companies do out there. That's very interesting. I'm fascinated by your process and thanks for sharing because that is high level CEO management kind of stuff that you just dropped bombs on. I'm, um, I'm going to have to re-listen to this and figure out how I can implement this into my business. So that that closer, does he do everything digitally to close the deal or does he go to the customer's house uh, using some quote? Because you mentioned the homeowner can just click, 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 click. Yep. So I'm curious about that portion. You still want to connect with the homeowner, right? Like it's, you don't want to just be sending that stuff off blind. And there's absolutely huge value in your salesperson connecting with them, walking through everything else. Um, we do a lot of it virtually, uh, homeowners will come into our showroom or we will go meet at their house, but we do again, if you're running volume, like if you're not running volumes, get into the house, right? That's ideal. If you're running volumes, you do try and encourage them to meet with you virtually and, uh, or in our showroom. But what we found is homeowners would actually kind of prefer to meet virtually, right? It's an inconvenience for us to be in their house. Like they have to leave work early. They have to get home. Their kids are screaming and hungry and they want to be fed dinner and you're saying no 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 and you're kicking them to the side and then there's this person there and your house is a mess and like that's not actually a great experience for the homeowner so absolutely we will still go there if the homeowner you know would like that you know but we are finding like way more of them are actually preferring a virtual experience um and to give you an example there we had one of our guys um he moved uh he just moved about 600 miles away and, and we were just like, well, we got to keep this guy. This is a top, top closer sort of guy. Right. And so we're like, Hey, no worries. Well, people inspect, you know, you can order the Eagle views, you can build stuff, you can close stuff with homeowners virtually. He's already sold over $3 million this year. And he doesn't, he lives 600 miles away from town where he's closing all these deals. And so, yeah, like this is something that, that can scale and that can be done more, more and more out there. And yes, Sumo Quote is the tool there that interacts with the homeowner and lets them sign digitally and makes all this stuff possible as well. That's incredible. I I might have to come sell some roofs for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to have you, man. Come up to Canada anytime. Just kidding. No, I'll sell from here in Austin, Texas. Yeah, hey, fair so enough. No, <laughs> we can get you going. <laughs> I'm just playing with you, man. Hey, I'm curious about you as a person. Uh, what's an expensive lesson that you have personally learned? Uh, shoot, you're putting me on the spot here. Um, an expensive lesson? Yeah, like uh, it can be anything in life. Not getting into technology faster. Um, like not leveraging how technology can automate and really like, and so now... Uh, I know our numbers on the sumo code side more, even though like, so my partners run our construction businesses, I still help oversee them. And so I'm just, I'm in one meeting a week. That's all I'm doing with our other companies. Um, but I mean, with sumo quote, we probably have about 30 different subscription softwares that we are using. Like I'm sure we're spending a couple hundred thousand dollars a year just on subscription software. 
but how it allows our team to leverage technology and scale is crazy. I know on the roofing side, we didn't get into technology and, and even though there's a cost to that technology, the ability it lets you, like how it lets you scale and the efficiency that you gain from it, we didn't do that nearly fast enough. And so, and, and I mean, we're, you know, we've been a bit of a leader in the industry on that. And I still look at myself and I'm just like kicking us that we didn't get it, start to leverage technology for our teams. Uh, you know, we could have done it earlier and it's, you know, it's too bad that we didn't because I, I, there's a few years there that we could have been way more efficient and, um, but anyways, that would have been the most expensive one that I can think of. Thanks for sharing. Now, again, I'm, I'm interested in you as a person because Sumo Crypt sounds awesome. I'm going to check it out. Um, and we have a special offer for our listeners, uh, how they can benefit from that. But you as a person, because we have business owners who, yes, they're interested in this, but they're also interested in nuggets of wisdom and, and things that they can just learn from. So my question to you is, what's an investment that you have made that surprised you? Okay, well, this is the first one that comes to mind. And and it's this is not like business owners, we have our own unique challenges. And and I'm gonna go in a slightly different direction on this. And and I can I can take a hack in another direction as well, but this is one that I find incredibly valuable for me. Um, our businesses, we've got 200 employees or so, a little more. Um, and so we've got a chief cultural officer. Uh, because we really value culture and we have incredibly low turnover um, of people because we care about our people and we invest in them. Um, but I'm going to take this in a little different direction. Our, our chief cultural officer, he mentioned this to me. He gave me this analogy like 10 years ago and he did it in a, in a dumb enough way that even I could understand it and be intentional with it, right? And he talked about the emotional bank account. And he talked about, and I specifically, like I think about it with my employees, but where I've found exponential value is on the home front because as business owners, it's hard. We're working and giving her and everything else. Um, and so sometimes there's seasons where the family pays the price for that. And so to speak to that side of thing, um, because there's nothing more valuable than family. Like that's, you can't, you can't drop that one. So um so he gave me this analogy of the emotional bank account and saying, hey, man, just so you know, you're always making deposits and taking withdrawals. And you've just got to be aware of where you're at in that emotional bank account with your wife, with your kids, whatever it is. And so now I know this spring I did a lot of traveling, touring and speaking and stuff. But ahead of time, emotional bank account was good, but I knew I was about to start making a lot of withdrawals. I started being really intentional with making deposits. And then when I was home on weekends, I would be intentional with deposits. But then when I got home at the end of it, it was about six weeks of, of really pushing hard. And, and, you know, my wife taking on heavy burdens and my kids not having me there as much. Then when I got back, what can we do to make some big deposits again? And it took, you know, not that I was in overdraft when I got back, but I was, you know, I had a low balance there, right? Yeah. And so it takes a couple of months. It's not just you take one holiday and it's just like, good, everything's great again. I'm going to go back to it and just start like, it doesn't work that way, right? Like took a couple of months to really work it back up to some pretty healthy levels where, where I like to have it. And so um, I would just encourage business owners, like just to be aware, think about, think about withdrawals that you're making, think about how you make deposits, just, you know, be able to be check in on that stuff. But um, as business owners, like that's weighty, heavy, hard, hard stuff that we don't talk about enough is like 
how we're doing personally, how our family is doing, like how to make sure we're investing in that stuff and we're that everything is good and strong and stable there. Um, so yeah, if that analogy helps with anyone. That, that's phenomenal information. As business owners, you know, we, we sometimes just look at the bottom line. We forget to uh, care. We forget to like, we call the person like, hey, have you closed that deal yet? But instead we're, we forget to connect with the person. And what you just said was so powerful. The chief cultural, cultural officer, also known as the dream manager, somebody within the organization who is responsible for checking in on the sales reps and making sure they're hitting their, their goals and their dreams. There's a book called The Dream Manager by Matthew Kelly. Phenomenal read. He's Canadian as well. I listened to his speech when I was 18. It blew my mind. Highly suggest you check it out. I'm curious, how did you learn about this chief cultural officer? And, you know, what are some steps to find that type of person? Yeah, you know what? I mean, at the end of the day, chief cultural officer, like he, his title started as HR director, right? Like you're hiring, you're firing, you're doing all the processes and benefits and everything else. Um, and and it it evolved with that into us wanting to be as a group of shareholders, how do we make sure that we're intentional on this? It evolved into giving them more freedom to invest in our culture and take that on. Now, here's the thing. And I was talking with somebody actually earlier today about this. Um, it doesn't let anybody off the hook. As leaders, we still have to live that out. I was talking with this other in uh, individual about values, right? And there being aspirational values and lived values. And when you're creating values for your organizations, lots of organizations create these aspirational values of like, oh yeah, yeah, we're this, we're this, we're this. Ah, are you, right? Like, I get that you're aspiring to that, but that's not the culture and that's not who you are and that's not really how you act, right? If you're honest with yourself. And so there's the lived values side of things. And so as shareholders and then as for the managers that we hire, we really look to live those values out and have lived values through our organization. So it doesn't let anybody off the hook of not living the values. It's just we've got somebody that's intentionally monitoring that, investing in that, being aware of that and everything else. And, and that's what we, you know, took an HR director from and, and somebody that is really quite phenomenal. And, you know, we empowered them and gave them the title of chief cultural officer there. That's beautiful. You guys are real construction owners. I appreciate you being on this call today. So with our audience who's listening, they want to find out more about Sumo Quote. What, uh, how can they reach out to you? What kind of special offer do you have for them? Yeah, you know what? Check out sumoquote.com. We've got a free trial. It's super easy. Jump in there. Um, we've got very easy onboarding. A lot of it's automated, but our team actually would love to help with that as well. I know a lot of the difficulty with uh, technology is adoption and it's getting stuff set up. So we invest heavily to try and be working with you to make it easy for you. Um, and then, yeah, anybody listening to the podcast here, um, use the coupon code SUMOEXPO. And that will give you 25% off for your first three months. And so, yeah, Sumo Expo uh, coupon code, uh, Justin, we really appreciate being on here and being able to share with your audience and stuff, man. I know uh, you've got a great reputation out there. So it's been really fun to be able to connect with you today and walk through this stuff. Ryan, this is a blast. If I'm ever out in Canada, in your area, I'd love to grab some a bite, grab you some coffee and just connect. Thanks for being on the call today, man. Take Absolutely. Care. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Justin. Bye, Ryan.